0: How's it going, everyone? My name is Slavik, and this is Pastor Dave. Howdy. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Absolutely. Hey, if you have wondered why you should write a life mission uh, statement or sit down and write your life goals, I think this is going to be the podcast for you. We are talking today about legacy and what it means to live a life that is godly and Mm -hmm. leave a godly legacy. and. Right off the bat, uh, Pastor Dave, I feel like you have a few years on me, you know, <laughs> just maybe Just a few. Just, just a, a few. Just a few. <laughs> yeah. And um, I love just kind of interviewing people that are a bit older than me, um, mostly because I think there's so many lessons we can learn mm-hmm. from, from you guys. So tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, again, Dave Coleman, I am a pastor. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I also am a life coach. I identify myself as a clarity coach because one of the things I have found as I have gotten into this is the the, the gifting that I have is to help people get clarity mm-hmm. around what's important to them, uh, why it's important to them, and then what is it when they have found that out, what they need mm-hmm. to do with it. Yeah. And so I, I do that with individuals. I do that uh, at the uh, executive level. Uh, I do that with pastors. Mm -hmm. I also do it with organizations. Then I also train people uh, in uh, becoming a life coach from a distinctly Christian perspective with a Mm -hmm. ministry called Awaken. So uh, I am pretty active in that realm of helping people get clarity
0: around their purpose and their calling. Yeah. I love the fact that I've been in in so many meetings with you, and you are like, you are one person that... I love the fact that you ask the hard questions. You don't just sort of like... A lot of us, we just kind of like skip over things that we want to, you know, talk about. <laughs> uh, just because sometimes you feel a bit uncomfortable, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I love the fact that you can look at people's in the face and ask them the hard questions. And I think that's a great gifting that you have. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who listen... For Pastor Dave, he is a life coach. He's also a pastor. How does somebody even like how did you find out what you are called to do? Mm. Wow, that's a great
1: question. Mm-hmm. I when I gave my life to the Lord, yeah. uh the primary passion that I had was to let other people know about Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and who he was. Uh, I knew as I began to get established and trained mm-hmm. that there was a calling of being a pastor. So I, I always say this: if if you cut me, I bleed pastor. <laughs> uh, and and that has been the overarching passion of my life. However, I have done a lot of things other than just what we call pastoral ministry. I've been Mm -hmm. an administrator of a medical facility, practice manager for a veterinary hospital. I've been a bookkeeper. Uh, I've worked at a uh, a mortuary, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have been a salesman. So I've done a lot of different things, but it was in around 2011 I found out about coaching. And what coaching was. Because I'd had baseball coaches. I'd been a coach. I'd done all that. And I thought, ah, but I've heard about this. So I took a a class that helped me understand what the coaching principles, Mm -hmm. as they're talking about, are. And it was transformative. It was so amazing. The principles of Mm -hmm. coaching is exactly what you were just mentioning earlier. It's asking great questions. Right. Sometimes the hard questions. Because that's what enables people to discover what's going on inside of them. Right. Because I have found that people, especially those who are following Christ, Mm -hmm. they have the answers to their life's questions inside of them. Right. Uh, The person of the Holy Spirit is there. They know themselves better than anyone else. So sometimes it simply takes someone else asking the questions Guiding them through a process to allow them to discover what's going on inside of them. And probably one of the greatest things I enjoy doing when I go through coaching with people is they come away from the sessions with this clarity, this understanding, and this passion to move forward with clarity. And they look at me and they say, I didn't realize how smart I was. (laughs) And it's true. It's amazing when you take time to do that, the things that you unlock about you. So... That part of it came in about 2011. Then within the last three Mm -hmm. years, I went through a process. It's called Unique. And what it did, it was a very intense process Mm -hmm. that uh, helped both confirm and even further clarify
0: my very specific calling, the purpose for why I'm on the planet. You know, it's interesting that A lot of times we don't think too much about it, but like you have people who go and they play in the Olympics and they get Mm -hmm. a coach. Yeah. Because it's a really, really important task they're about to do, right? And then we, you know, get coaches for, you know, NFL players and all that. But when we're talking about life, I mean, shouldn't we do a better job of that? Shouldn't we get all the help that we can? And I think for me the coaching's been doing something that we're being pushed to do something that normally I'm able to do, but I choose not to because I'm either lazy or, you know, I just want to chill.
1: Well, and it's uh, the other aspect that I have found is so helpful about coaching is when you coach, you go to always coach to identity, Mm -hmm. who a person is. Right. And that's tied into their values and beliefs. Yeah. And when people tap into their values and beliefs and then come up with what they want to do, Their actions are tied to their values. Mm -hmm. And when that's there, you have so much more motivation to do it. I could sit down and probably as a pastor, as a counselor, you're with people, you know what they need to do. Yeah, You know, I know this person just needs to make this happen. And if you tell them to do it, you're telling them the right thing. But if they don't get it, Mm -hmm. if they don't understand it, they're not going to do it. That was probably my greatest frustration with counseling because there's no they don't attach, they don't see the value. But when their values are attached to their goals, they have a such
0: stronger chance of actually doing it. And yeah, that's yeah, what I love yeah. about it. So that's awesome to hear, but I think when the rubber meets the road is a <laughs> lot more difficult than that. I think in concept things make sense in our head right mm-hmm. but when it comes to actually doing it and i think we had one of the one of the most challenging years of our lives in 2020 yeah. right where it's you true. are so surrounded by all like the pandemic uh not being able to to meet up so you're dealing with at times loneliness and mm-hmm. not having that human connection and i think it's one thing to be a good preacher or yes. a good pastor it's a, you know a good thing to be those but When you were asked to be a good husband and a good father and a good preacher and a good pastor and a good co-worker and worker and a boss, whatever, you know, the circumstances you're in, I mean, how do you balance all of that? I mean, that's a lot.
1: It's a good, and that's a great question. I think it's always a work in process. But for me, what I have found, and it ties back to what we're talking about, my life call and then my life priorities, my Mm -hmm. values. So you focus on? I I focus on the things that are most important to me. My family is one of my highest priorities. Again, for me, Jesus, my wife, my kids, and then my vocation. Right. Uh, Again, those priorities, but it's being intentional about what I'm going to do when. Mm. And the thing that I've found as I have matured Mm -hmm. and the years have also added is that When you know your particular call, your mission, and your purpose, it's both easy to say yes to things, and it's a lot easier to say no. And probably the thing that keeps me most grounded is the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. I am able to, when people ask me to do things, because I can do a lot of things just like you, Yeah. but what I want to focus on is what I must do. And understanding that allows me to be able to say yes to the things that are
0: mm-hmm.
1: right in line with my wheelhouse of who I am right. and easy, much more easily say, no, thank you. I appreciate it, but no, I'm not going to. Saying no then allows the right time yeah. to be framed for the things that are really
0: important. So basically saying no to the good things so you can say yes to the great things. To the
1: great, to the one thing. Yeah, to that, that one those those things you must do Yeah, uh, Howard Hendricks if you're familiar with him I'm not no, Dallas Theological Seminary he's okay. one of the greatest pre- professors there mm-hmm. every uh, year he would sit down with his students and he'd draw a funnel on the chalkboard and he would say here's as you discover as you leave you're going to discover all these things that you can do right? and you can do them well and he goes my concern for you is not that you're not going to do well and lots right, of different right. things it's that you're going to do all these things that you can do but you're going to miss and you come down things. to the bottom of the funnel and say the one thing you must do yeah and that's where that concept of life call or personal call or mission what is my mission knowing that individually is so important
0: yeah i think it was francis chandler that said that one of the worst things in life is to succeed at things that really don't matter yeah right and yeah uh, speaking of that how do you find that one thing i mean you already mentioned it Mm -hmm. um to me and this whole podcast has been about you know living your life in light of eternity meaning that you should look at every single choice that you have in light of how does this affect not just me but my family my legacy who i am in christ like absolutely for eternity um and but we know that a lot of times we get distracted so how do you focus on the big things in life without getting distracted?
1: Yeah, I, and I think, again, it's, it's intentionality right. with uh, the ability to have a, a, a process or a way that allows mm-hmm. you to discover that. Based in the understanding that in Ephesians 2, right. God talks about that before the foundation of there the world, he had, he had us planned. Mm -hmm. He had a dream for our lives of the things that he created us to do. When you understand that, then it's simply a a, a process of finding a way to uncover what is God's dream for me. Gotcha. And that's what, as I mentioned to you, this unique process is specifically geared to do, is Mm -hmm. it takes you and helps you understand it. It looks at your life story, Mm -hmm. where God has been in it how he has worked in and through your life story. Then it takes a look at your the things that yeah. fuel you most, your passions. It lays on top of them the things that you do best, your skills, your abilities, mm-hmm. your personalities. And then it takes a look and drops on where, in mm-hmm. what context do you do those things best. And when those three circles drop on top of each other, there's a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And that sweet spot is that personal calling. That one spot where, when you live there with the least amount of effort, you produce the greatest amount of fruit. Yeah, it's and it's easy to live there. Yeah, Uh, as I mentioned, for me, Mm -hmm. it's uh, helping people live freely and fully through discovering and embracing who they truly are. And my two words for Mm -hmm. me that describe it are restoring identity. Okay, so when I'm doing this, this is going to help people restore. Them back to the identity that they were given by God before mm, the creation yeah. of the world. That's why I pastor. Right. That's why I coach. That's why I train others in that. Right. So if somebody comes along and they offers me to do something that's I could do, but it hasn't, it doesn't line up with restoring identity or helping people live freely and fully, I say no to it.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So, say that. I'm sure that you're going to live another few hundred years, but um, when this is all over and all there is is just your name and you're no longer here, what do you hope people will remember Mm -hmm. about your life? I mean, in a nutshell. (laughs) I mean, no big questions. I'm just saying. (laughs) Boy, that is a great question, and
1: I can go a really long answer, Mm -hmm. but the one that just a a while ago came to me is just like when the apostles came before the the, uh, chief priests and rulers after Jesus had risen, and they told him, you can't preach in his name, and they said, well, we must, and Mm -hmm. after they left, they said, these are unlearned men. They could tell that they had been with Jesus. Wow. What I would love for people to remember about yeah. me is he had been with Jesus and
0: he had let him impact yeah. his life the way that it was supposed to. I mean, I don't think I can, you know, come up with a better answer than <laughs> that. I, I think spending time with Jesus yeah. is a place where he puts everything in perspective. It
1: does. Yeah, um, and and back to one of your earlier yeah. questions: How do we do it all? Right. That's at its core. Yeah, it's that daily, intimate, real time with Jesus, yeah. where you're letting Him inform you about yeah. your priorities. Him inform you about what He has called you to
0: be and do today in the moment. Yeah. So that is absolutely true. I uh, took a class in uh, Orlando some almost ten years ago with uh, Reinhard Bonke and. Mm. He came in, it was about a week, you know, and he came in and he said, you know, if you want God to really care about your life, you need to care about what God cares about, that mm-hmm. is people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that was some of the greatest advice I'll ever hear is, you know, things that we invest in a lot of times is, you know, cars and yeah. houses that are just temporary and our jobs, Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, people are what's eternal. Yeah. You know, people who are eternal. So, with that I said, what are some relationships that you invest in daily? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about investing with your time, with your yeah. resources. Yes. Um, what are some relationships that you think we should invest in? Because obviously, we don't invest in every single relationships the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you invest in your relationship with your wife is not the same as. Your coworker that you haven't seen for ten years, you know. True. So, what sure. are some relationships you invest in? Uh,
1: uh, first and foremost, yeah, as we mentioned, God, that right. relationship with Jesus, that uh, at, at its core, right. and thankfully, when I gave my life and began to follow Jesus, right. I was a part of a, a church that really had some fantastic tools to mm-hmm. help you establish a daily quiet time, a right. daily time of prayer, of mm-hmm. Bible reading, of reflection, of learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and learning how to be extremely honest and real with Him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the things that, especially lately in my life, I've learned is that God can handle my uh, my flaws, He can handle my, right. my anger, my frustration. Uh, lately, as you mentioned, in this last year, with all of the different things that are yeah, going on yeah. in our world, I, I'm I've had to go off of Facebook. I've had to go off of social right. media. I had to do because the same thing. It yep. just gets me angry. It's toxic. And it's so toxic. And so uh, being able to come to him on a regular basis, first and foremost, then uh, my family, of mm-hmm. course, my wife, and that is both a joy and mm-hmm. it is, it's a choice. Right. It is because sometimes the relationships that you've had for so long are also the most familiar. Right. And so keeping And taking for granted. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So continuing to keep that fresh and honor that is really, really important. Uh, then my girls, my three girls, mm-hmm. love them. I uh, love being with them and spending time with them. And then uh, the people that I'm involved with and with my, yeah. my job, uh, right. I, I have the greatest, I think probably the greatest job I know of. Because I get <laughs> to sit down with people and help them discover the grace of God in their lives, and the calling and the right. passion, and they come away so excited. I probably am more excited at the end of a coaching session than most right, of my right. most of my clients, and then they pay me for it. So <laughs> it's like what a what an incredible win! Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I invest in that, but then in my uh, in my church too, right? Uh, and the uh, fam, my family, my community of faith that I am a part of, right? That's really important to continue to be to be pouring and investing of who I am into others. I think uh, giving away what God has given to me so mm-hmm. they can become who God created them right. to be. That's probably another one of my greatest joys is helping train, equip, empower, and then release people into the ministry or the mm-hmm. calling that God mm-hmm. has for them. Right. So that's, that's really important. And then also uh, I heard the North American mm-hmm. vice president for Toyota operations a couple months ago. And his name's Jack Hollis, mm-hmm. a phenomenal guy, phenomenally successful at Toyota, and a very strong Christian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He asked that question So, who is the most important person in the world to you? And everybody gave wow. all their answers. And yeah. he got, Well, it's Jesus. Okay, well, Jesus is in you. So that's, yeah, he yeah. Well, what about my wife? Well, you're one with her. So right, she's right. And he, what he brought it down to, and I, it was phenomenal. He says, The most important person in the world to me is the one. I am face-to-face with right now. Wow. And I thought, I can live with that. That's yeah. really, because again, if, if, and he lived it. Yeah. Because it's you, he was late for a bunch of meetings he was at, but he stayed because he was face-to-face with people that had yeah, questions yeah. for him. And that stuck with me is that this person that I'm dealing with right now is the most important person in the world to me right now.
0: That's so amazing because a big part of, you know, what I preach and what I try to stand by is that is the person in front of you is probably the most important because you might not get that chance to, to impact I, them again. Exactly. You know, and you might only see that person once. And a lot of times we are so quick to move on to the next and best thing because we are fear of, we have the fear of missing out. Yes. You know, and while we kind of give up on great opportunities just by finding other people's stories and and seeing how god is working in their lives and um one thing i wanted to mention is um again i love how you answer these questions (laughs) But we also understand that life in general has a lot of moments, a lot of values that are difficult. Yes. Um, So question I had for you uh, was, I mean, all the questions that I have are for you, but (laughs) for now, (laughs) but the question that I had for you is in those moments, um, I think we set out thinking that certain things are important and mm-hmm. then we realize maybe this is not as important as I thought it is. Mm. So are some things that you thought starting out in your early you know, teens, maybe yeah. young adult uh, mm-hmm. time where you thought this is really, really important and then you realize later on in your life that it's like, no, nope, that's not important. Actually, I should focus on these wow. other things. Yeah. Uh, again, another great, great <laughs> question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh well, I'll frame it in this context. Right. By now in my life, my plan right was to be uh, the pastor of a multi-site mm-hmm. megachurch mm-hmm. where thousands of people, and I was preaching, teaching, raising up teams, have right. a Bible college, yeah. starting churches all over the planet, supporting missions yeah. everywhere. That the image mm-hmm. of what that looked like to me yeah. when I was younger was I think the thing that I thought was important. That would mean that I've done it. Yeah, I've been faithful. I've done what God wants me to be because that was my image right. of, of what, what being a successful looked like. pastor looked right. like in the context where I was at, the groups that I was a part mm-hmm. of. And so I think I spent so much time comparing where I was at at this point on that road that I missed yeah. so many opportunities that if I had been more aware of what I know now about my calling and right, who I right, am, yeah. that I would have been able to invest so much more freely, so much more fully and powerfully into the lives of those that were right in yeah, front of yeah. me, as opposed to thinking, oh, well, someday I'm going to be having all that. Oh, I've had at least 10 books by now, you know, yeah. and I've got a really successful podcast and vlog and I have millions of followers on YouTube. right?" And And, and so... One of my biggest challenges still is right. that I, I have to be very careful of comparison. Right. So careful. I moved back to Bellevue here mm-hmm. about four years ago. Mm-hmm. I grew up here, graduated uh, from Bellevue High in 1978. Yeah. A lot of my friends are here. And in terms of if you're going to measure by the world standard of what success is supposed to look like by the time you're my age, right. I'm nowhere near what they are. Right. And that's, although most of the time, I'm good because I know where I'm at and I'm doing... There are times when that's still hard. Mm-hmm. To being be honest, it, it is. It's hard because I look at what they're providing and doing with their families, mm-hmm. whereas I'm not able to do that at this point right mm-hmm. now. And so that's why coming back to those priorities, that's mm-hmm. why that time for me in the morning, every morning with Jesus, is so important because he yep. listens yeah. to me when I'm struggling and I'm able to then bring it back into priority and into alignment. Um, my wife and I gratefully have never had a materialistic yeah. bent mm-hmm. where having things has been the thing that has driven us and told us we're successful. Right, right. That's been an incredible blessing that God gave uh, a woman of God like that to me, and she really helps me with that. Mm-hmm. But There, I think there were times, like I said, I I wanted to have this trajectory that I saw uh, that was not God's trajectory. And if I'd have understood that earlier Mm -hmm. and accepted it and stepped more fully into that calling, I think I could have uh, had a a greater impact in the lives of both my family uh, and those that I am uh, working with and relating to.
0: Pastor Dave, I think for me, I look— at what's happening around. And a lot of times we don't put a, a lot of emphasis on a godly character mm-hmm. because if you just have a godly character, people will look at you and like, oh, he's just a nice guy, yeah. right? What people do celebrate is the big, you know, systems and the big churches and the big ministries and, oh, you have arrived. But I think if recent events have mm. any weight, right, we see a lot of these like very successfully what it is and. The world's eye, uh, very very successful uh, man of God, right? Yeah. But then you see kind of the underlying problems, and mm-hmm. you have somebody that spent their life building a church, a ministry, building, and then within one affair or oh. one, you know, one instance yeah. of yeah. them doing something that's really, first of all, it's really stupid. However, um, uh, and if I can preface it even more, like. When I went to Northwest, they made us read this book called "Why Great Men Fall," mm-hmm. and the whole premise of the book was that great men fall is because they feel a sense of entitlement. Yeah, I've you know achieved this, I've built this, you know. Um, so again, I'm way younger, but I think a safer bet is for us to focus on godly character mm-hmm. versus building big systems, big ministries, and now of course, if God. Has that for us, to, right? To be nothing in charge. wrong with it. There's it's, nothing wrong with that. But I feel like if the focus it. Yeah. is on that versus on character, so speak to that. What, what do you wow. think?
1: Yeah, that's really mm. that's a that's a great perspective, and I think one that. Uh, as as we've seen in mm. the last, even in the last years, the revelations about different ministries, mm. pastors resigning from megachurches due to right. moral failure, due to financial uh, financial scandal. scandal. Yeah. In fact, one I just saw they resigned because of pride. They saw that they, were and again, that actually wow. might be a great in that yeah. instance. Yeah. Maybe he recognized it and said, right. "I'm going to do something about it." But I I do think you are correct, and this is when you achieve that mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. If you do not have the character, Mm -hmm. and if you do not have... The accountability right. in place yeah. where you have a people that know your faults and your flaws, mm-hmm. and you have those that you can talk to and get help in the midst of it. If you've built this bubble around yourself, that's the success with the yes depends and, with yeah. Yes, Man, and yeah. on me maintaining my image in my own mm-hmm. mind and then making sure I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. I, I think because uh, the enemy will bring the temptation. And I think sometimes it's sourced in insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so it, at their core, although there's that outward success, they probably feel like they still don't measure up. Yeah. So they go to things that make them feel good in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all struggle with that. When we're, when we're not getting it right, we go to something that's going to satisfy us instantaneously. To right, tab- if, right. I, if I'm not going to win in the big thing, I'm going to win somewhere. I'm yeah. going to win somewhere. I'm going to have a win somewhere, whether it's the right kind of win or not. Uh, and being able to to put people in your life and way things in your life to help you with that to make sure there is that uh, accountability that is mm-hmm. a good accountability, not the i'm going to put my thumb on you and how you but it is I want to be accountable I right, want my right. life to be open and to get help uh, I think that is so critical because even as we're talking I'm thinking right. if God had given me my plan my right. desire yeah, may I have been susceptible to that I'm not mm-hmm. I, I don't have the I hope arrogance to think that I am uh, incapable of falling I know my weaknesses I know the things that tempt me and I yep. know that if I had that measure of success I might have a lot more temptation in the areas that I struggle in and so if I didn't have those systems set up I, boy, one thing I recognize is there, but by the grace of God, yeah, go I, uh, and I know we're we're talking even before at the beginning too is that uh, scandal is not good, uh, and we need to deal with it and put things in place to help us avoid it, but also recognizing that if we want. Only scandal-free people to emulate. The Bible's going to be a pretty empty book. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we—that's we, the thing that has amazed me, and why why Christianity is what one of yeah, the things that right. helped me understand is it is the truth. Is if I was going to write a religion, I wouldn't include all the failures that, right. that he did and all the things they blew. And this the <laughs> messes that they were. That they were not and perfect. No, people and any. yet by His grace. Yeah. They were able to trust him and see him use that for his good. But yeah. but I think there is that sense of uh, being willing also, when we blow it, to take accountability and not yeah, try and yeah. push. The thing that hurts me the most is when uh, they do it and then they try and blame someone else or they don't own up to it. That, that I think, is heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And I think what it does is it sends a message to those who are wondering about Christ that, eh, I don't like this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's, uh, interesting you mentioned that. One thing that I wanted to kind of bring up is, do you think by chance, um, one of the reasons people get into scandals, I heard uh, this guy say that, um, if you don't want to, like the best way to keep yourself from scandals is to not get into one. I'm like, that's not how things work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish it was that. Yeah. <laughs> um, truth, you know, is that you will be criticized. Uh-huh. Uh, people will, uh, if, if you do anything, they will push Ooh. back. Oh. And, Especially these days. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And they will question you. Right. But I think um, when they question you, is their essence to what they're saying? Because if what they're accusing you of is true, then mm-hmm then how you respond in a situation so says important. a lot about you. So important. You know, um, but one thing I wanted to, to kind of bring up, do you think that people get into scandals because to a certain level, we are very insecure. Oh. So we think that we pursue these things thinking that's what's going to make us happy, you know, have yeah. joy. And, yeah. Influential, and then we realize those things are just so broken. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's I I completely do, mm-hmm. and and uh,
1: part of the unique process yes. we deal with what we call life drifts, mm-hmm. which are the areas where we where we are drawn to drift away, mm-hmm. and they do a great illustration because when you get on an air, airplane and they set the autopilot, right. we think we're going to Seattle to, to Tampa. Well, we just, okay, and we just totally stay on this direct line. That's not it at all. It is constantly drifting, and then it Mm auto-corrects. It constantly drifts. It recognizes it, and it recovers. Recognize it. It does that thousands Mm -hmm. of times throughout the flight. We don't know that. Right. But that's what happens. And when they're talking about the drifts here, the the, the three primary ones, and they— frame it in this context that the devil isn't very creative but he's really good right. at what he does and they are ambition uh-huh. approval and appetite hmm. ambition we want to make something approval we want to be approved and liked and yeah. loved yeah. and appetite we want more, more. Yeah. the greed in. Yeah, that's it and so it's a great understanding how Jesus dealt with all that but those are the areas where we are most yeah. drawn to go off yeah. And it's recognizing it and recovering it yeah. is what's important. And what we find is is if we have a primary. first. So, for instance, uh, mine generally is approval. Right. I've always wanted to be approved of it. You tell me I'm doing well, and that's been really yeah. important to me. Well, if I'm not getting that, what we tend to do is go to our secondary drift, which for me many times is that appetite. So I'll binge watch something mm. or food, or I'll just start going where somewhere where, like I said, I'm going to get a
0: win yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that. Is just and so what I think happens at that larger level if we don't put it in check, we start going to these things that are going to satisfy us, and we have to get more and more More, and more. And so, sooner or later, we're in this really bad spot, right?
0: So um it's interesting that you brought the uh analogy of like a plane uh i actually have about 14 hours of flight oh yeah, yeah so okay ne- never solo nice. no. no, okay. so well. um but when we are taken off or when we prepare an airplane for flight at that time when i was studying for it is the plane is never really like fully balanced so mm. you you have that kind of like the the center of gravity is where the pilot is Mm -hmm. but let's say you had something more that that's that's heavier in the back or on the side so you we we would do what's called trimming the airplane Mm. right so you trim it you give it enough elevator or just to keep the back constantly like you know balanced okay so so in this case of kind of like spiritual discipline i feel like you know if you have a uh, kind of a predisposition to run to a certain sin, mm-hmm. you have to put in place a trim per se, right? Like oh, trim great, great your yeah. life in a mm-hmm. way that will prevent you from drifting in that direction, you know? Um, and, and it just makes a lot of sense that uh, you trim for your life for that. If if you have, if for example, you have an addiction to a certain, or maybe you don't have an addiction, but you got out of, you know, uh, you know, constantly getting drunk. Mm-hmm. You have to put boundaries in place, not to get yourself in that situation. Right. And the second point is, is that it's a daily repentance. You know, it's a that's, daily correction. You yeah, know.
1: it is. That's I love how you mm-hmm. say it because that's one of the things that I don't hear much of, right. but uh, that I was very strongly burdened mm-hmm. is it is ongoing daily repentance. Yeah. That is that is so important in our lives to make sure that we are continuing to come before the Lord where, where we blow yeah, it, yeah. recognize it, ask His forgiveness, and ask Him for that. And I love that understanding of the gift of repentance. Right, the Repentance is a gift. It is that, that metanoia, that transforming yeah, of our yeah. minds to think about things the way God thinks about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has helped me as opposed to just, I need to change my behavior. But when my thinking changes,
0: it becomes yeah. more natural. But one thing I wanted to also ask you is, um, say for the people that maybe have already—I um, wouldn't want to call it a stain, but mm-hmm. something they've done in the past—that yeah. it's in their, you know, reputation—and now maybe it's a divorce, or maybe mm-hmm. it's something uh, that they actually made a massive, you know, sinful mistake, and yeah. and now they're trying to get their life back on track. How do they get past? the um kind of like the reputation that's set for them, how do they turn back to you know what they're supposed to do, you know yeah. because I think those things have a, a massive effect on trying to constantly get us down and I, uh, and, I agree and I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. not do what we're supposed to do yeah yeah well i I will go to me, mm-hmm. yeah uh
1: before christ mm-hmm. uh, i you would say I was a really good sinner. Uh, one instance, and it's just— Which is really bad. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bad. It so I, uh, I actually stole something right. that was worth a lot of money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, sold it for an incredibly small amount. So I was not a great businessman. <laughs> but when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew that was wrong. Right. So I went to my pastor, and I told him, and he contacted the organization that I mm-hmm. had taken it from and said, he wants to make it right, and I told right. him, I said, if I need to go to jail for this, which I the amount it was, I easily could have. Could have I said, been. I will, because I know that I'm forgiven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know, and I and that's the coolest thing about it. It yeah. is because I knew in God's sight I had been forgiven. It was just as if I had never sinned, but I knew that the restitution, if I could make it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so what he found out that they said if I will pay for a certain thing. And so I had money that had been given to me to take a graduation trip to Europe when I graduated Mm -hmm. from college. I took that, I put it to that. I cannot tell you that freedom Mm -hmm. was worth more than any trip ever could have been. Mm -hmm. And so I, I share that in the context of I think it's understanding that when we are willing to say, yes, I have blown it, and right, we own right. it. We don't make excuses. We don't. We just say, I made the choice. It was me. Yeah. God, I come to the foot of the cross, and I let your blood cover yeah. that and wash it away. And we allow that to truly impact us, the freedom that comes. And I would always tell people, I can tell in my own life and others' lives, how much they truly understand grace and freedom, where they are very free to share about yeah. where right. they've come from the things that have gone on in their lives. Again, and how to share it, there's sensitivity, et cetera. But the fact is, it's not mine anymore. Mm. And I think also in order, in answer to your question, it's having a community of people that believe that too. That I can walk into a community of faith Mm -hmm. where they know me, they know what I've done, and this group knew what I'd done, and they loved me. They respected me. They said, "You've got a call of God on your life. We see it, yeah. and we want to give you opportunity to step into that." That was like they believe it. It's yeah. real. Yeah. So I think we have to have that in our lives somewhere because, yeah, the world or others are going to say, "Oh, yeah, well, look what you did. You, cheese, yeah, you're a loser," kind of a thing. Yeah. There's going to be people that say that. You know, I mean, imagine, you know. Uh, Moses, when he went back after forty years, there were probably still Israelites. To go, yeah, you're the guy that murdered that that Egyptian, <laughs> yeah, yeah. aren't you? Well, who the heck are you? Yeah. You know, but he knew who God had called him to be, yeah. and so I think there's that recognition, and then a community that's going to believe with you yeah. for who
0: you really are. Yeah, I remember this story of mine. <laughs> I was in high school. I was in the lunch lunch uh, line and there's this girl that I bumped into and apparently I stepped in front of her and she was not happy right (laughs) and she's like I'm gonna call my brother and he's gonna mess (laughs) you up right (laughs) so she calls her brother and I'm by myself there her brother is this big Samoan dude you know oh yeah and I'm like 115 pounds. <laughs> and these guys are walking towards me, right? And I'm like, I'm toast. Ah. <laughs> right? Um. And I just like walked up to this guy and I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I did not mm-hmm. intend. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and says, oh, you're good, man. You're ah. good, bro. Right? <laughs> Which his sister was not happy about it. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I saw even at, I think I was 15 or 16 years old, I saw... What an apology can do mm-hmm. to take away wrath, oh, right? Absolutely, you know, and yep. like quiet the argument. What I s- see a lot of times is you see someone mess up big time, right? Like either they, you know, misused funds mm-hmm. or uh, just misuse their position or abuse yeah. someone, yeah. and instead of them saying, "Hey, I come with repentance, and would you please forgive me," mm-hmm. they're usually playing some kind of blame game, yep. which causes even more pushback yeah. and, and it, it, it just sort of escalates you know and you know i think one of the things that i respect about godly men in general is when they're able to repent when they're mm-hmm. able to say hey you know that was my fault one of the greatest things i'll remember about my my dad is when he never really beat me, but one time he slapped me mm-hmm. because I poured hot water on my brother's back, which apparently you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that at home. But yeah. I didn't know. And in anger, he just slapped me. And then, you know, half an hour later, he sat me down and said, Slavic, you know, I want to just apologize to you. Like, mm-hmm. that was, you know, what you did is wrong. Yeah. And I still stand by you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah. how I reacted was just as wrong because I did I it love, out of uh, anger.
1: What a great example.
0: You know, and it's, it's funny because I was maybe eight or nine i don't know yeah. but i remember it yeah. like i remember the it, like it was yesterday yeah yeah that's really you know, it um, that's really now it. i knew i was in the wrong yeah you know but the fact that he was able to articulate that that hey you know what like it was wrong for me to get angry mm-hmm. and not you know deal in a way that is 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 just i
1: i think being able like you said to to recognize it and own mm-hmm. it uh for two years i Volunteered down at Union Gospel Mission. Mm-hmm. I taught uh, men, I, I helped lead a class right. from the men in recovery, uh, getting ready to enter back into mm-hmm. uh, mainstream life. Right. And I learned more from them than I think I taught them mm-hmm. because just these guys just didn't have pretense. Right. I and mean, they weren't perfect, yeah. but they owned what they had done. They knew it, and they knew that they, that they weren't perfect. Yeah. They had to have those things in place, the accountability. People in recovery yeah. are some of my absolute favorite people mm-hmm. because they know their weaknesses, they know the grace of God, and they mm-hmm. know the power of community to help them stay them, yeah. in recovery and be restored. But there isn't excuse-making. I mean, again, none of them are perfect, and they'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, yeah. But they've hit bottom. They've come to the point where they can't blame anybody else. They recognize it; it's them, and they've walked through the steps and the process to come into alignment with who they are in Christ. And they're yeah. such a refreshing, mm-hmm. such a refreshing reality. Uh, you and I are familiar with the church world, and sometimes the church mm-hmm. world can just be such pretense, right? Of people. There's no. I'm wonderful. There's no room, there's there's
0: no no room for. <laughs> somebody admitting that they that that was my fault. That I blew it. That I blew it and I really screwed up and I really am sorry. It's it's in a sense a doctor not be able to have a surgery in his own hospital. Right? Like wow. Or yeah you know, here you have someone that is in charge of the hospital but then he cannot get care because what would people think? If they knew. If -hmm. they knew, right? (laughs) And I think like uh and that that's what I was gonna like move on to next is is it seems a lot of times in churches um people who are at the top, you know everyone else goes to them for um uh, I, you know for if they mess up in any way, right? Mm-hmm. but who do they go to yeah. right and I think a lot of times just giving them a way to a way to a way out of it, you know mm-hmm. a way to to be able to say it's okay if i if I mess up, I'm just mm-hmm. a human being. I- so what would you recommend for someone that finds themselves in a position, but they're also living in sin and mm-hmm. they can't seem to admit that, you yeah, know? And, and yeah. obviously we're not trying to, you know, guilt trip, but if you live with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, like yeah. Yeah. We, we can't live, you know, in sin. Like to me, one of bigger thing, bigger things in, in church world that I've seen is when, you know, a pastor or someone authority uses the leverage they ha- have because they're the greatest preacher or yeah. the greatest pa- yep. to, to kind of say, well, I deserve this crazy amount of pay where mm-hmm. I deserve, you know, to have people do things for me, um, yeah. you know, and they, they, they have this entitlement. Right. Um, and then little by little it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, you have these massive scandals. So yeah. what would you recommend for people who are in a position like that that maybe are they're too big to fail? If,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Boy, I, can that's, put it that way? I guess that's two two parts that I think of. Yeah. One is uh, if you're a person in that church or in that ministry is and you mm-hmm. recognize that and you uh, follow the biblical pattern of go to them mm-hmm. and talk to them right. uh, about it. Ask those hard questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, recognize you may not be received, mm-hmm. uh, but then follow the biblical pattern of then getting going and getting help and moving into it to seek restoration. Yeah, But sadly, a lot of those situations, there's such a culture built up around it that right. nobody feels like they can because— they're they're coming against Moses. And you can you can't, question God's anointed. God, no, you can't. <laughs> and so, uh, in that situation, if you're that person right. there, where you know you're there and you feel caught, and you just don't know how I can get out of it because mm-hmm. I know it's not right, but I feel trapped. Boy, I would I I would say there might be somebody that's outside of that community mm-hmm. that you can. You can go to. I know there are organizations, places that that you can get help. Uh, uh, My mind automatically goes to. It's not as much with authority and all that, uh, especially uh, men who struggle with sexual sin, with Mm -hmm. pornography. The ability to go to a place like uh, I think it's called Triple X. Mm -hmm. Uh, church Church, where they have, it's anonymous, but you can call, you can talk to somebody. They are not going to judge you. They are going to help you. They're going to walk through that with you. And I think in other contexts, there are places where there is a safer space to be able to open up and have that conversation. And prayerfully, if they they sense but being able to take that first step, step yeah. is, I think, so important. Uh, and, and again, if not, maybe you're going to have a, a prophet Nathan show <laughs> up and say, you know, you yeah. are the man. Yeah, Because exactly. sometimes that's what that's what God has to use.
0: And I think at the end of the day, God cares about our character, mm-hmm. and God cares about us doing right by Him. And a lot of times we focus on, oh, as long as the... End is good. The mm. means don't matter, mm-hmm. but really, I think God cares about everything. In the process. I think certain practices that I think we should do less of um, is when churches try to get an outcome at no matter the cost. Right? Yeah. Hey, so we will have people, you know, walk up to the altar even though they're not coming to the altar but we want people to feel comfortable mm. in doing so mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's like but it's such a small thing it's just creating the atmosphere yeah but you give the impression that these people and you're not being honest yeah or when you have uh, certain like pastors who have ghostwriters and they write their books right yeah. and then there's nothing wrong with hiring someone somebody to yeah, write as long your, as you know that, that yeah but as long as you give them proper credit as mm-hmm. long as you give them hey, this was actually helped, you know, but this idea that somehow everyone thinks that you actually penned everything, Mm -hmm. but you haven't, right? Mm -hmm. It's about, to me, I think that's such a fundamental, like, integrity problem. Yes. Or if you preached, and in my early years, ministry, I've done the same thing where I would quote somebody else's story without Mm -hmm. giving credit, and Mm -hmm. I recognize how wrong that was and how we ought to... When we're engaging the business of, of preaching the gospel and telling people that we what we have to say is all true, mm-hmm. there's no room for for this kind of dishonesty. And I know some people might say, "Well, but it's not that big of a deal." But that's how everything starts, though.
1: There's there's truth to that. There really yeah. is. And I think you know when when I think of just yeah. that, uh, I think for me, the mm-hmm. person that I have to be most aware of it and mm-hmm. really. Uh, hold him to the highest standard is the person I'm looking at in the mirror. You know? Yeah. Because that's absolutely. where, like you said, that's where it starts. Because mm-hmm. I look at my end, uh, have I mm-hmm. done it perfectly? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, and that's where that grace comes in. But the recognition and being, again, being yeah. in a community and being with people that are going to do just what you're doing, which is challenging. What are we doing yeah. and the why? Why are we doing it if it's not... If it isn't done in integrity, if it isn't done, then is it really honoring the Lord? If we're doing it yeah. just for results, then I, you know, I think the God who can feed five thousand with five loaves and two fish isn't really concerned about right, our, our right. process and making sure we do all the big things yeah, the right yeah. way. It's it's more about are we honoring Him? Yeah, and that's a that's a day to day thing yeah. that I we recognize that uh, we're not going to get it right all the time, but once we recognize it, make yeah. make some
0: changes. To me, my first class one of the first classes that I had in college. Um, oh man, this is so embarrassing! But I got to do this project, and uh, I just went and copied a whole bunch of things online. Yeah. This was the early yeah part yeah early of internet, internet. internet yeah yeah yeah. And you're like, okay, who's gonna know, right? Mm-hmm. Turns out that our professor had like um, plagiarizing software installed on hers. Wow. So she wrote me this massive, like, huge email saying that, hey, uh, I was really impressed with your paper. And then I did a search, right? She was (laughs) very sarcastic about it. (laughs) Sorry. And very (laughs) embarrassing about it, right? (laughs) And then she said, uh, as a result, I realized that you plagiarized, you know. um, And because of that, I will fail you automatically. You're Mm -hmm. no longer welcome in my class. Mm. And you was just, I was like, all of that for a paper? Like, you know but i think looking back in retrospect i refuse to believe and to think that somehow a professor or a college secular college has more integrity mm. than than the church mm. right and in yeah. like i think this is where we need the the means by which we 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 reach people they have to be honest yeah. and i'm not speaking to a particular situation but and throughout the years I've seen a lot of this yeah. you know and yeah. and maybe in the early ministry I was part of the problem but now I look back and I'm like look God cares about holiness God cares about how we achieve these things yeah. and you know and we need to trust him on it not imp- employ worldly means to to yeah. Yeah. get an outcome yeah and I that's where uh, the older I get the real mm-hmm. I realize too that
1: the way one church is going to do it Maybe completely different than another mm-hmm. church. And that's okay. Probably the best example for me right. that I've come to is, uh, should we be involved in politics? Mm. Some churches feel a real call to right. preach truth in alignment with the political world and encourages their people to get as involved as they possibly can. Okay, if that's what the Lord is showing right, them, right. another church says, we're going to have nothing to do yeah, with politics. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it anywhere. If that's what the Lord—okay, great. Right. What I have seen in the body mm-hmm. of Christ, which is to me the saddest thing, is this one telling this one that they're wrong and they're ungodly. Yeah, this yeah. one telling this the one that they're wrong that and ungodly. I go, why can't we just say God can use us differently? Yeah, that's maybe As I've as long as you're and doing everything in integrity with integrity, and, and, know, you know, and that's yeah. it. As you're honest and you're 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 basing it upon what the Word of God is speaking to you about who you are and what you're called to be and you're called to do. It's when we start pointing fingers at one another saying, well, you're doing it wrong your way. Now again, if someone is doing something that is clearly sin— yeah, you you should point that out. Right, right. But there's so much out there that I think if we would just love one another, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what Jesus said. Our best evangelistic tool was going to be is that hey, those guys are, are Christians because
0: they, they love one another. Thing is, how do you tell how do you tell a church in Washington to see that politics does not welcome it, yeah, in their church no, I, <laughs> yeah, when everyone and their family is working yes, some, in somehow <laughs> in the yeah in the in government the exactly exactly um, and i think this is where um you know different churches will be called to different things mm-hmm. and it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people right exactly um you know at the same time it's like okay well but how do we do things on a level that's higher above the secular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. jobs that we hold and and um i i have such a passion for the local church yeah, i love do. the church i, I love I, I love the bride of christ and i think a lot of times when like, I'm I'm not married yet. I don't have a spouse. But if somebody, if I were to get married and somebody just went and punched my wife mm-hmm. and blooded her nose, I would care about that. You would? Badly. Absolutely. You know, and I think one thing that I would really like to see is, is for every single person in the body of Christ to care about the bride of Christ. And when somebody on the horizon comes to abuse the bride of Christ in any way by either taking advantage or... Um that we would have men who you know and and women obviously who will stand up saying you you will not do this mm-hmm. to to the bride of Christ you mm-hmm. know and and I'm seeing some of that uh there's certain people that um I really really uh respect mm-hmm. and honor because they are what you said right like they're called to constantly um uh you know their their whole focus is how do I keep people in the church accountable and that's our mm. whole whole mm-hmm. whole and goal that's a great
1: that's you a you know that's well that's so needed yeah, yeah. it's so needed and again it comes right back to what we started with what's that personal call mm-hmm. there are people that are called to be that in mm-hmm. the body of christ again he talks you know we've got apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers each with that different role right that needs to come together well there are those that are meant yeah. to hold others accountable too. Absolutely, and they've yeah. got that. There's a gifting that's For there that, yeah. to be able to do that. And I think it's it's learning what that is and stepping into it. And if uh, I am mm-hmm. learning anything, uh, I'm learning some things, of course. But one of the things is that the more I step into my yeah. calling, the more comfortable, mm-hmm. the more confident, uh, and the more effective I am mm-hmm. that what I do, and, and you yeah. mentioned some of it, Yeah. when I'm asking questions of people, God uses it, yeah, and it's the wonderful thing. Is I love doing it, mm-hmm. but I know it's Him. But I also it's not every time I ask a question. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, some that's kind of, and, and that's another yeah, thing yeah. dealing with insecure. We don't have to go to that, but just the recognition yeah. and the joy of being who I am. I know it's Him. I know this is who He created me. So I am allowing yeah. Him. I heard somebody say this, and I'd love just to, to get your opinion. They said, "What we need to do is stop worrying about trying to be more like Jesus." And be the one that Jesus created us to be. Mm. And I thought there's some truth to that. Because mm-hmm. some, I mean, of course, we need to be like Jesus, right? But I would rather if we're all going to be like Jesus, then we all need to be carpenters. Yeah, uh, we yeah. need to walk around and and go for three and a half years with twelve people. Yeah, yeah. that isn't. Again, I know it's more about the character issue, which right. is very important. But I think if we would really believe and say, "This is who He
0: created me," and it's by mm-hmm. His grace that I am operating in this
1: man, life gets exciting.
0: Yeah, and I can totally see that where obviously we strive every single day to be more like Christ. Mm -hmm. But I think in the process, we look at a favorite preacher, right? And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, well, that's what being like Jesus is like. So I'm going to be like that preacher. Well, Apostle Paul did say that follow me as I follow Mm -hmm. after Christ. I get that. right? But God has called you to be you, You. right? Like God God has called you to, to, you know, you have specific, you know, gifting that, Mm The other person is not going to have, and I think when we try to sterilize everything else to make sure that we're like, well, we are depriving the church of the the vastness of of, of you know talents and yeah. background that every single member brings to yep. the table. Yeah, every you know, person
1: needs to hear. We need you. Yeah, to be uh, you. Yeah,
0: I I heard this that um you uh, I think it was John Piper who said this that you. Uh, well, Christ gets glorified in you yeah. when you are rejoicing in Him, right? Like when you find out, okay, this is who I'm supposed yes, to be this who Jesus. I'm supposed, oh, absolutely. And you have peace, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that. And I think we are so quick to give into the culture idea of success, but in reality, I think success in life is is to live a life that even if it's, you know, you don't necessarily have this massive platform or this and that, but if you live... A life with integrity, with godly character, with um, being a hard worker, and and putting all those—I think those are things to be going after. I think those are the ones that create massive legacies that we oh, want to follow. Like if yeah. you look at people in history, it's not the yeah. people who, like, I don't even know what church A.W. Tozer went to, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. where Leonard Ravenhill? Where yeah. like I don't know who who they were associated with. Right. What I do know is. Is, is their character and yeah. who they were in Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I, I also know, as you do scripturally, yeah. I think when we get to heaven, the, some of the greatest rewards are going to be given to people we've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. Who have just served faithfully in the slums of India or in the Middle East in the midst of persecution, and we don't know their names, mm-hmm. and yet they have been faithful every day to serve the five or ten people that the Lord has called them to minister to in their yeah. house, yeah. church. And they've given up everything to do it. I just, that is because that's, as you're talking about, it goes to yeah. the, the character, the integrity, the willingness. So when I said yes to Jesus, to whatever he wants, Yeah, that's what I'm going to do.
0: You know, it's interesting that if you were to look at Jesus' disciples and you would say, well, there's only one way of being like Jesus— well, Peter has no room because he's, you know, he's the one who shoots first and then aims. Yep, that's right? exactly it. Yeah, ready, fire, um, aim. Where then you have the, you know, the Johns of of the disciples where, you know, they're all love talk. And, mm-hmm. and then you have the Matthew and you have very, very different personality. Yeah. And I think if... You lead small group for any amount of time. You know yeah. the Peter, and you're a small group. You know the Matthew. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> you know, my the John, gosh. Right? Yeah, like, you do. You know all you of those personalities. Yep. You know, yep. um, but I think that's what it's so also so beautiful is that God is is working His amazing purposes yeah. through people who are flawed, mm-hmm. yet you know He's constantly changing them and becoming uh, you know more and more like Him even though they're very different, you oh. know, they're very different.
1: So Yeah, yeah, and that actually, when you can appreciate it, that's that's yeah. the great thing. I spent, again, yeah. a week in Maui, uh, got to go snorkeling just about every day. Right. And I was astounded because every time when you, you look out at the ocean and it's just this flat, Right, right. And you see the waves. But then you put your your snork, your mask on. And you just put underneath. And it is this completely different different, world. Amazing. That never stops. You see so much creativity in both the fish and the coral and the turtles. And you just go, wow. God is, and and understanding that when it came to you and me, he said, this is the pinnacle. Yeah. This is it. And every person is is absolutely unique to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That when you recognize that, I think it it at least is helping me change so much of mm-hmm. my perspective of how to view people cuz every single one bears the right. image of yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. single person on this planet and what I want to be able to do as I know you do is yeah. introduce them to a, the way that yeah. they can become who God created them to be through their yeah. through his son Jesus Christ so they can be forgiven. Their nature can be, a new nature can be given and they can be transformed into who he planned from before the foundation of the world.
0: Yeah, um, I worked at the Boeing company for quite some time and, you know, the nice thing about airplanes, um, they do, they're amazing pieces of machinery that fly. I mean, the idea of us wrapping ourselves in a aluminum tube and you know <laughs> blasting through the clouds at some you know 5 to 700 miles an hour it's just crazy right it is. and for systems to work for systems to work really good they have every single part has normally one or two functions and it has to do that function very very well mm-hmm. right if every single part decided to do something else you would have chaos on your hands wow. right wow yeah right yeah. so i think systems in general they work really well when everyone abides exactly about, you know but in church, it's like every single individual is so different, right? Like it's just, and to me, like this idea that God decided that my body is yeah. gonna have all these other parts, <laughs> right? They they all have their own like minds and their choices, yeah, right? The, oh. And somehow I have to bring you know order in this chaotic you know place, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's what's so awesome about the church is people with different backgrounds, different colors, oh, different races, right? Everything. You have all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And God brings together, you know. And they all make their own decisions; they're very yeah. independent, especially yeah. in, in the West, Western culture, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very individualistic, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's beautiful. Yeah. That God is able to work His purposes amongst so many people that are are so different, very yet they have so. that one thing in common, that yeah. is Christ. You know, yeah.
1: so. I love it absolutely. Yeah.
0: I awesome. Well, it's been an hour. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's actually been a little bit more than an hour. Okay. Uh, ah, yeah. But Pastor Dave, I really appreciate you. I I, I appreciate your advice, and I'm sure this is not going to be the first time or the only time um, that um, you we had these amazing conversations, right? Yeah. Uh, and I hope that people who are listening on podcasts or they're watching on YouTube, um, we would love to actually hear from you guys. So yes. if you have any questions you can obviously send me messages you can put them in the comment section below in the youtube and um, i would love to hear from you and what are some of the topics you'd like us to do more podcasts on so that said god bless you guys i hope this has been a blessing to you and pastor dave thank you so ah, much my pleasure thanks so much for having yeah. me. it's been a blast and
1: it's been a blast thanks for joining us yeah uh pastor dave one more thing i want to ask okay. you how can people find you <laughs> And, and what you do. Yeah, best way is to go to uh, davecoblin.com, mm-hmm. and I think you'll probably put Put that, in the show notes, yes. Put it in there, and I'll give you one right. other, claritycoach.com, mm-hmm. uh, too. Uh, claritycoachme.com mm-hmm. is the other one, but I'll get you that information. Awesome. And yeah. yeah, I would love to hear uh, from you. Uh, and just so you know, if you'd like to find out what the coaching experience yeah. is about, yeah. uh, my first session is always complimentary, helps people yeah. really understand yeah. what it is, and I, I love to hear and get to know your story. Love it. All right,
0: awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Take care. Hey everyone, I want to take a moment and thank you so much to all of you who have been downloading and listening to these podcasts. Recently, a friend of mine called me out of the blue and he said, hey, I want to be part of the ministry that you are doing and I want to financially support you. So I told him that for the last four years, I've been paying to host this podcast online. So he decided that he will pay for a year worth of podcast hosting. This nice gesture made me think maybe there are more people that would like to partner up with me in ministry. Oftentimes when when I'm asked to minister at some church, a lot of the churches don't have enough money to cover my travel, my time that I took off of work, and the expenses that come with being in a different state. So I created a fund where all the proceeds that come into this fund from the online platforms will be used towards ministry, be it travel expenses or podcast production or creating any other form of ministry content. You can give through the link in the show notes. However, if you can ask Support Me financially, I encourage you to pray, and if you can, rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much again, and God bless.